Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. School is out. I'm calling it. You're all done. You can stop going to school now. Just let your principals and your professors know that some guy on the internet told you it was fine to not come back to school. Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and this is the second of two episodes to help bridge us into the summer. We're really embracing the summer here this year at My Seminary Life. Last week was the graduation special where my wife Claire was on the show for us to talk about the... uh, the experience of graduation weekend, highs, the lows, how producer Cooper is a terrible traveler, and we even made fun of where Claire went to college because it was low-hanging fruit to do that. This week is the uh, first ever first ever schools out special. The graduation special may never happen again, or it might be like 10 years down the road before that happens again because, you know... It, Doctorates take a lot of money. Anyway, but the School's Out special, this is something new that we're going to be doing every year to kick off the school year. Something fun, something lighthearted. You may have caught the title of this episode, Don't Worry, We're Not Trying to Shove Jesus Into a Disney Cartoon. This is just two brothers hanging out, talking about one of our favorite summertime movies. And that brother here with me today is Bradley. Bradley is back on the show. He was here back in late February, early March to talk about worship ministry. And now we're here to talk about Recess Schools Out. Bradley, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I was going to make that joke. Uh, The first episode I did was about worship ministry and the highs and lows and struggles I've had with it and just... uh, being part of worship ministry and catering to your congregation and how to do it. And now we're talking cartoons, so <laughs> completely opposite, but it should be fun. Yes, just a complete shift away from what we were, <laughs> what we were doing last time. Very different tone, but that's that's what we're that's the plan here is just to have a little bit of a fun chat next week is the start of our big summer series summer of bonhoeffer where we're going to be getting into uh the writings and teachings of dietrich bonhoeffer so if you're waiting for the good theology it's coming but trust me folks we need a little bit of a transition here because when you're dealing with a lutheran theologian in germany during the 1930s and 40s I've started doing the reading. Trust me, we need something lighthearted because it's going to be a very heavy conversation. And who doesn't love a good cartoon, right? Oh, yeah. who? I mean, this is Disney classic right here. Modern Disney classic for sure right here. Before we get into that, uh, I was telling Bradley I just wanted to say something real quick and serious. I've started recording episodes ahead of time. Uh, just because it works a little bit better with my schedule, less stress, more convenient for producer Cooper and my wife, which is good for everybody. But when you do that, sometimes you miss out on talking about big life events. So I wanted to take a moment to talk about Timothy Keller, the passing of Timothy Keller. He passed away the day before the final episode of Apologetics 101, which there's there's some irony... I don't want to use the word cosmic on irony, but you know, talking about apologetics for the past two months and that, and the man who at least in very recent history is the guy when it comes to uh, our understanding of apologetics and growing the field to pass away right before the end of the series was interesting timing for sure. Um, 
I, I'm not the biggest mark of Timothy Keller for sure. I did just want to say, you know, uh, when I did take an apologetics class in my undergrad, one of the required readings was his book, The Reason for God, which is his greatest hits. You know, this is like the book when it comes to Tim Keller. And that book, along with a few other, few others I had to read for that class, is uh, are the books that are responsible for my love for apologetics and philosophy. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who can relate to that, that their introduction or a proper good introduction to the topics of apologetics and philosophy was Timothy Keller. So just continuing to express uh, thanks for his ministry. Thanks uh, to God for uh, allowing all of us to kind of be together at the same time. I never knew Timothy Keller, but just to be around during this season when he was ministering um, and continuing to pray for his family as well, just processing that grief, which he himself was processing for years leading up to his passing. Okay. So with the very serious thing, now I have to transition into a cartoon that talks about 60s music. So I'm going to throw it to you to transition. What is Recess Schools Out, Brad? Oh, no, let's start back. Let's start back. Why is this such an important tradition to Night Boys? Right. So um, we let's lay the ground. Like you said, we traditionally started watching this. I don't know when, but the first time I can remember it was first grade. That's going way back. So I was in first grade. 18 years ago, I think. No, this will be the 18th watch, I think. Okay. Um, so we've at least watched it for 18 years straight, if I'm doing my math correctly. <clears throat> Might be 16, but whatever. Um, and once we finish school, as the title is, Recess School's Out. This movie is about the kids are done with their school year, and they're going to have summer break. So that's what our parents would show us as soon as we finished. We would watch the movie, and we would have corn dogs. Why corn dogs? I don't really know. I think it reminds us of summer, so that's why we'd have corn dogs. Um, but we'd watch the movie, have corn dogs, and it was just a fun time. Um, but what is Recess Schools Out? So if you don't know, Recess was a cartoon that was on air on Disney for six or eight seasons, I think. And uh, in the middle of, I think, maybe season five or six, maybe even season six and seven, they came out with this TV movie. Disney used to love to finish their shows with a TV movie. Like I said, this was in the middle of one, but the cool thing about this was the school year finished, and then this was the movie about summer break. So I'm going to get a clear up a few things. Actually, I'm not going to clear up one thing. I have no idea why we ate corn dogs. I do, like I totally remember that being a thing and I think the big pizza puffs yes. were a thing for a while too after a while because we needed food we needed more food than just like two or three corn dogs and so I don't know why that started other than you know like summer corn dogs you know county fairs we have a whole baseball team out here now called the corn dogs like we're just a corn dog loving area apparently yeah i don't that's my assumption uh you were right so the show was on for six seasons i did a little bit of research because naturally as we are talking about this there's going to be people listening to this episode and they're going to walk away going well i guess i need to binge all of this on disney plus now because this is bringing back nostalgia so i think it was from like 97 to 2001 was when the show was on and you hit it dead on between seasons five and six is when this movie came out 
So for those of you who care a lot about continuity, you watch the first five seasons, then the movie, then season six. There's also a prequel film when they're in kindergarten. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Uh, there was a Christmas movie too, and I have I remember watching that one. One thing though uh, that I I want to clarify: this was actually a theatrical film. This was not a, a Disney Channel original movie. This movie hit theaters. This was like Lizzie McGuire movie or High School Musical 3. Yeah, exactly. Like they had the producing like plenty of money in order to do this and afford all of these songs as well. But you're right. This was like the ideal like way to start the summer, a movie about the start of summer for kids. I mean, these are like third graders, I think they are in the movie. They're third graders starting summer break and that's what we were doing and our summer movie watching tradition grew we also went to Chuck E. Cheese at the beginning of every summer as well that was a lot of fun I'm sure that's going to come back around when Cooper's old enough grandma's going to want to take him his grandma is going to want to take him um but we also had this expanded universe of films we would watch as well. Actually, one of our brothers is having Bradley bring one of them back with him so that way he could watch it. Do you want to touch on all of our other ridiculous film traditions? Sure, real quick. So our mother is a school teacher, and she'd have to go back after school finished for a teacher in service. And while she was teaching all day or cleaning up the classroom, all the boys were home. All the brothers and dad were home, so we'd watch dumb boy movies. We'd watch Master Disguise, Nacho Libre, Kung Pao Under the Fist, um, UHF. UHF, SpongeBob movie, and it just kept growing and growing, Brain Donors, just all these dumb comedies, Johnny English, hilarious, and uh, we'd just be cheesing things that mom necessarily wouldn't want to watch, but it just continued to grow, and so did the snacks. <laughs> So did the snacks. Uh, we especially did not want to watch Balls of Fury when mom was home. Oh, yes. that, that one we did not want to watch around mom. Uh, and everybody has that like those types of movies. I was talking to one of my friends the other day and she loves bench warmers, which I feel like is we missed out on um, because I don't think David Spade was popular in our house because it's David Spade, Napoleon Dynamite and someone else. Uh, <laughs> and, but yeah, she was telling me like, oh yeah, I watched that one a lot. That's like one of my favorite comedies from when we were kids. Or uh, I watched, I rewatched recently Austin Powers, the first Austin Powers movie, which I don't, I think I've seen the other two, but that first one is like iconic in different ways. Uh, Claire had never seen it. That's why we watched it. And she was like, well, I wanted to suffer through it, but she enjoyed it. She liked it a lot. Recess school's out so this movie is all about tj detweiler and his gang uh school is out it is summer break but tj runs into a problem pretty early on with summer break and his friends would you like to tell us what is what is the main like plot that this movie carries for us right so right at the very beginning we meet our villain and he's coming in, breaking into like a government building and stealing instructions for something we don't know about just yet. Then it cuts back to the middle school, the elementary school, and they do summer break. Woohoo, they're going to be free. You've watched the show for five seasons. You know they're a gang of friends. But then as it turns out, TJ's making all these plans for summer break, and everybody's going away to camp. He's got to be left alone. He's the only one that's not going to be 
at camp. They all go for different things. Astronauts, scientists, wrestling, opera, like some random things for third graders. Uh, Baseball camp, but they just absolutely loved it. And TJ was by himself. So he's waiting. He's waiting. He doesn't know what he's got to do. He's got to go potentially have a quote-unquote play date. He hated that term. A play date with uh, the teacher's pet. But when he goes to the school, he notices a giant satellite coming out of the building. And it answers one of those fun questions. If you remember being in school, what happens to the school when you're in, on summer break? Is it just empty? Do the teachers live there? I mean, what, what's going on? And in this cartoon, they show that uh, the villain of our movie, who you'll probably talk about, he is building a satellite. It's funny. So we've been watching this. What year were you in first grade? Do you remember? 2005 or six. 2005 or six. Okay, so we've been watching this movie since 2005 and si- five or six, and I had to literally Google the cast because I've watched this movie that many times, and I still don't know the villain's name off the top of my head. It's Doctor Philium Benedict. No wonder yeah. that no wonder that name didn't stick in my head. Philium Benedict. Yeah, and he's supposed to be, if I remember right, like the former, like. He's secretary of education or something, and his whole plan is to move the moon with a giant laser, so that way to like change the hemispheres essentially, so that way summer break is like cold, and people still have to go to school. Basically, he was trying to do e-learning in yeah. two thousand and five or two thousand one, and I just is that even possible? Do we do we have the technology to move the moon? What do you think? I don't know if I want to answer that. I mean, I hope not. His whole point was because Iceland and cold countries have better scores, and he wanted to raise our scores, so he was going to freeze. And, uh, well, I won't talk about that. TJ's like, we're going to continue, you know? Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know if you can actually do that. That's a question for Pastor Will, since he's all about science, faith and science. Like, can you can you move the moon, and is it ethical? TJ would say no, it's not ethical. Also, so they're all going off to camp, and you're right. It's like the weirdest variety of camps. Like, I want to know where the pro wrestling camp for third graders are. Um and I don't know about you, but for some reason, as a kid watching this seed and one is the loneliest numbers playing in the background as TJ is processing, like school is out. All of his friends are gone. Like I was scared to death. I was not going to have any friends at home. Yeah. What? <laughs> Did you have that as well? Like, yeah, when that song played, I always felt bad for TJ, but then it was like, oh man, summer break starting and everybody's going away. It it really sucks. Like like it was a day. They had a day all together, and then everyone's immediately off to camp. And it sounds like it's the entire summer, like three months of baseball camp. So d- since TJ is the one that's home, he finds out about the the giant laser in the school. And you're right. This does kind of poke at a thought that a lot of kids have of like what does happen at the school building when everyone's gone tj is trying to get anybody to help him he goes to principal prickly who's playing golf with his friends and convinces him to go to the school he gets evaporated (laughs) i don't know what that was but he gets him there's a lot it's a very sci-fi heavy film even though it doesn't look like it um 
he gets evaporated. TJ blackmails his sister, which I don't even know if the sister was a character until this movie. I have very, I have very fuzzy memories of watching Recess, and every year after I watch the movie, I'm like, I gotta start this over. So he blackmails his sister into driving him all over the wherever state they're at to pick up all of his friends to go break into the school. They're going to do the ultimate thing that a kid should never do and break into the school. And that's when they find out about this whole space laser thing. They think they're aliens. (laughs) The kids think that they're all a bunch of aliens. And then they get chased by a bunch of ninjas. After that point, well, do you want to pick it back up a little bit? After that point, what happens? TJ and Principal Prickly get reunited, and they have a very interesting conversation. Yes, so they break into the school, like you said, and they see the laser, and they're just going to try and get Principal Prickly out. But then they mess up, and the sirens go off, the ninjas chase them, and unfortunately, TJ gets stuck in there. And the other friends are like, we don't know what to do. Um, meanwhile, TJ and Principal Prickly, who always fought, TJ always did pranks on him throughout the show. They have a bonding moment and, um, TJ's like, you don't know anything about summer break. And, uh, Principal Prickly's like, yes, I do. I was a kid once too. And we have this really cool flashback to the sixties to when Principal Prickly, uh, we learned that Principal Prickly and Philium were friends. Um, Philium used to be the principal of the school and, uh, Principal Prickly discovered his plan all the way back in the 60s and or 70s, whatever it was, to freeze. And uh, Principal Prickly turns him in, and they he officially becomes the principal then. So that wasn't his intent, but Philium thinks he was just trying to overthrow him. So that's the flashback that we have. We get a little uh, understanding of why they have this relationship, and TJ and Principal Prickly decide they're going to team up, and they're going to break out. And that's where everything gets super fun. We also find out during that flashback that uh, Philium was going out with Miss Fincher. That was that was a thing. And yeah, this is a weird tone that happened. I shouldn't say weird. It's a very the whole movie is very unique. If you've never seen that and you've been with us for now twenty minutes, you have to put it together by this point that this is a very fun, unique film. And for one of the reasons being that there's a lot of sixties and seventies um, themes that go on in the movie the music is all very heavily 60s and 70s like i said one is the loneliest number played at one point the uh theme to swat was in there i'm trying to think there was another uh, i was gonna say not to be that guy but from a marketing perspective they probably did all that that way the parents had something to relate to while they took their kids in because that would have been probably the age range the parents would have been 60s and 70s and they can relate to that it could also been the writers were that age too yeah you do see that a lot with writers like just paying homage to the decade they grew up in because they loved it so much see example of psych and stranger things it's like that's that's all that it is. It's just homage to the eighties there. Also the big closing number in the film is an epic rendition of green tambourine. It's better than the original. So principal prickly and TJ, they're going to team up to try and escape. In the meantime, the rest of the gang are trying to figure out like, okay, how do we like TJ is our leader. They go through an identity crisis. Like TJ is our leader. What do we do here? Well, Gus, who is like 
the skinny run to the group who is supposed to be like a newer kid. You get that through the show, especially that he's this newer character, uh, newer friend to the group. He went to military camp because his dad is like a military buff. And so, and he just gets like picked on the entire time while he's at this military camp. And, he, but of course, this is his shining moment where it's the whole Patton scene of him like rising up, the American flag drops behind him, and he's got this whole big epic plan. They get all of the students back, all of them, <laughs> including the kindergartners, yeah. <laughs> including the kindergartners, to to do this epic takeover of the school to save principal prickly and tj stop the giant laser which i think by this point the prickly and tj know that it's supposed to be to cause the united states to freeze i don't know if the rest of the kids i can't remember if the rest of the kids know this but they know that that they're trying to move the moon for some reason or blow it up i think there was a joke about plowing the moon and they were like, whatever will they plant (laughs) or something like that. Um, So then there's this epic takeover of the school. Tell us about the epic takeover moment. So all the gang, they use all their talent that they learned from camp. The one girl that went to wrestling camp, she starts body slamming people and cross bodying people. The kid who did opera, he distracts them with his song. The uh, scientist group, don't they also get the camp people? Yeah, so it's a huge group of kids. And they also use all sorts of things that kids would use. They use ketchup and mustard and silly spray and shake up cans of soda and spray it at the ninjas. And it's like the ninjas feel defeated. They use nets and they break into the school, the one place they didn't think they would be all summer to save the day. Um, And finally, they get down to Philium. He gets a little splot on his tie. He loves his image. He gets a, a little splot on his tie, and that distracts him. But unfortunately, he still pulls down the lever, and the moon begins to move. TJ makes this big old statement that it doesn't matter if it snows. We'll still take winter break. We'll ice skate. We'll play baseball in the snow. We'll do all these fun things. And it's up to his friend who went to baseball camp to save the day. There's also a great moment where uh, as they're trying to recruit all the students, it does get around from the snitch, Randall, to Miss Fincher and all the other teachers that like the kids are going to break into the school. And that's this really funny scene of Randall and Miss Fincher like like Miss Fincher is a large lady and maybe this joke is inappropriate but she gets stuck trying to break into the school and she says, curse my, these bodacious hips of mine and tells Randall to go get some butter. So that's like part of an earlier scene. But now that like they understand what's going on, all the teachers like drop in from the ceiling and Miss Fincher is like a boxer. They're hippie peace loving teacher. The TJ's group, their teacher is like a Kung Fu master, apparently. And it's this great epic f- fight scene with all the teachers are apparently Mortal Kombat characters or something. Vince throws the baseball, though, that destroys the machine and the laser is brought down finally the police arrive because that's how movies work the police arrive last 
and arrest Philium and his right hand man who was also a big snitch. And it's just this nice heartwarming heartwarming moment there at the end. TJ and Principal Prickly just have like one more. I see you. You're a great guy. But come this fall, I'm going to start pranking you again. And the kids all go down by the river to skip stones and enjoy life a little bit. It's just, it is the summer movie. Like, there's bigger summer blockbusters for sure. But, like, it hits all of these things that kids do, how kids respond to things, how kids think, what they want to know about school in the summertime. And... Yeah, it's just, it's fun. Say my favorite thing about this movie is, yeah, we talked about it. It went on for five seasons before it came out. But literally, you could just watch the movie. You don't have to. I don't really remember the TV show too much. Um, Like you said, every year you think about watching it. I don't remember it too much. I remember the movie a ton because we watched it a ton. But literally, you could watch it on Disney Plus, and you you learn everything about all the characters instantly, and you're good to go. So watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our youngest brother Brett has told uh, has told me before he has never actually seen the show because he was born like way after the fact. I mean, even Brian was like a baby when the show was like born when the show was wrapping up. So, but you're right. Like, if you just need a great summertime relaxation thing this evening as you're listening to the show at 5 a.m. when it drops, because somebody does somebody seriously does i don't know who that is um but yeah turn this movie on start the show it just it puts you in the summertime spirit and like you know it's just so many great quotable lines the music is fun the music especially the green tambourine there at the very end um yeah Check it out. Any final thoughts? Again, we're not here to try and shove Jesus into this movie. That is not... I mean, we we could. People have done worse. There's an episode of Systematic Geekology where Joe Day and I talk about the Emperor's New Groove, and he like found online entire blog posts from Christian websites about like spiritual lessons from... From the Emperor's New Groove. Wow, Claire's eyes just got really big. Yes, that was a whole thing. I almost vomited. It was rough. But yeah, like the point of this movie is to enjoy summer and to be a kid for a little bit, which is fine. Last thing I'll say is we did just spoil the entire plot. (laughs) But go ahead and watch it. Obviously, there's, oh, did I say 16 to 18 years worth of nostalgia for us. So that might play into it, but it is fun. So thanks for having me. And I'm going to go watch Recess. I think it also, I mean, yes, there's a lot of nostalgia into this, but it did get a theatrical release and Disney only did that with certain shows. It was like, they knew they had something granted. I've always heard that high school musical three is really bad, but the Lizzie McGuire movie is a phenomenal film as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come eat nachos and record this silly episode. We should have had corn dogs. Why didn't? <laughs> okay. Actually, we could have. I'll tell you that later. Anyway. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming back to do this again. Next time, we'll we'll circle back around to something like uber serious next time. Uh, thank you all for listening to this first ever edition of schools out. I don't know what this will look like next year. Quite honestly, we might talk about one of these other ridiculous films, or I was thinking about 
go with me on this. I was thinking about doing an album review of whatever album it is that Alice Cooper's School's Out song is on, like whatever <laughs> album that is. Um, just something fun and silly. But thank you all for listening. Again, next week we are back. We are really back with um, our new series, Summer of Bonhoeffer. It's going to be a big conversation right off the back right off the bat as Dietrich Bonhoeffer delivers a speech on the effects of World War One and the Treaty of Versailles on the German people. Like, yeah, the hardest of shifts. Bradley's like shaking his head. But it's, it's really good. I really love reading Bonhoeffer. Um, actually, no, that's not next week's episode. Yeah, I just spoiled that. No, next week's episode is us talking with Pastor Will about why you should study Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So yeah, we got two. There you go. You got two teases. Uh, go into the, the description of, the, of this episode to find links to all the important things, the MSL website, shop. If you ever have a question, comment, or concern, you can send those to email seminarylife at gmail.com. Again, that's email seminarylife at gmail.com. My Seminary Life is a proud part of the Anazao Ministries podcast network where you can catch a whole lot of other great shows like Let Nothing Move You, which is a podcast that simply walks through scripture. The host, Christian Ashley, has been going through the book of Luke chapter by chapter, just exegeting the text plain and simple. So if you're looking for some plain and simple biblical teaching, go check out Let Nothing Move You or the rest of the shows on AMP. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being here. Uh, We'll see you all next time. This is Brandon signing off, reminding you as always that theology is for everyone. So keep on studying.